Amen. Love Amen. you, man. These guys have been a wonderful encouragement to me. I love Midtown. I've known Randy for uh, 23 years, I think. He was men's minister when I came to faith at Christ Pres, and so we've been around one another for a long time. And you've been so kind to us. We have recorded 63 weeks at Granny White, and you've just treated us like it was ours. It's been amazing. You guys are so, so good to us, and so thank you. And I love your pastor, too. He is a wonderful guy. Um, let me read our text for us. You guys have been in Philippians. We are in Philippians 3, 12 through 16. Paul writes, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Let me pray for us. Father, we, uh, we come from all different walks of life. We have all different backstories as we come here today. Uh, we share in our humanity that we are all image bearers of yours. We also all share in that we're a mess. Would you meet with us today? And would you let us have an encounter with you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would enlighten us and enliven us to your truth and that we would be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. What has hold of you? What is holding on to you right now? Last night as I was working on this, um, I texted... Um, it was three pastors and then a couple of close friends. I said, what has hold of you? And the texts that followed um, were amazing. First of all, that people would be honest. Secondly, the things that we as Christians often um, admit and realize, this thing's holding on to me. And often it's the other way. We're going to look at the fact that sometimes we grasp hold of things. We hold on to things. What is it? Smokey Robinson and the Miracles had a song. You really got a hold on me. It's a love song. Listen to this. I don't like you, but I love you. Seems that I'm always thinking of you. Oh, 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 you treat me badly. I love you madly. You really got a hold on me. I don't want you, but I need you. Don't want to kiss you, but I need you. Oh, 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 you do me wrong now. My love is strong now. You really got a hold on me. That's a love song, and the guy's like, you're killing me. <laughs> but you, you've got a hold on me, and I, I, can't, I can't break away from it. I don't even want to break away from it. As dysfunctional as this sounds, it's got a hold on, on him, Smokey, 
<laughs> and he, he is saying, I, I can't break away. What, what is it for you? Something does. Maybe multiple things. Maybe competing things have a hold on you. That it feels at times good, perhaps at times like it is squeezing the very life out of you. What are you holding on to? What are you grasping? And perhaps good things, it's not always bad things, but what are you grasping hold of that you're squeezing the life out of? You're wanting something from it that it's not built or made to give or that that person is not built or made to give. We give our lives we, we are driven forward. We are moved forward. We're propelled through life by all kinds of things. And so many of those things will strangle us. They'll squeeze the life out of us. They might promise a lot. It might look great. But they will end up squeezing the life out of us or we'll squeeze the life out of them. It could be status, approval. You know, Paul, just in the last... Maybe last week you guys looked at it, just previous in this passage. Paul looked at the status, this resume. And at one point, that was a massive thing in his life. It meant everything to him. It was going to kill him, though. And Paul had to realize that, that my resume is, is not what is ultimately going to save me. It's not ultimately going to be good for me. It could be... Um, old shame that you have, old stories that you would love to keep covered up. They just haunt you. Perhaps, like me, you have some things in your story that you wonder, if, if these folks heard it, they would reject me. They would get up, you might get up and walk out right now if you knew things about me. It has a hold on us, too. That can be a, a hold of fear. We have all kinds of things and all kinds of reasons that we hold on and squeeze things and that we allow things to hold and squeeze us. And Paul here says he's found something worth living for. He's found something else. Not his old resume. Not his, not his old life that was so impressive. It's not his religious birthright. It's not, it's not his religious status. It's not his religious achievements. It's not the things that he was willing to kill for any longer. No, he's found something else that gives him actual significance, value, and, and gives him real life. And it's Jesus. He, he says everything else that I've, that I've held on to the strongest, it, it really has, has given out. It's worthless. He, he says it so strongly that compared to Jesus, now, some of the things that have hold on you are good things. They just shouldn't be ultimate things. Some things you're holding on to are good things, but they shouldn't be ultimate things that cause you to write love songs like this <laughs> that we just looked at. Paul says, compared to Jesus, stack up everything else and it's human excrement. That's what Paul says. Compared to Jesus, good things stacked up are nothing compared to Jesus. And Paul says that he has a hold on me. There in verse 12, Christ Jesus has made me his own. The NIV says, for Christ Jesus who took hold of me. 
if you belong to Christ, it may not feel like it, but Jesus has hold of you. If you have faith in Jesus, it's not an accident. He gave you that faith, and he came and found you, and he grabbed you, and he holds you, and you can't do anything about it. It is just a fact. It is who you are. Paul is saying that's glorious, that this thing that has a hold on me is glorious. Jesus has won him, and he's won you. Paul and you, Midtown East, you are a prize to Jesus. You may not feel like it. My guess is you don't. You may feel like a prize in all other ways of your life and to other people. To Jesus, most of you probably 95% of the time feel like I'm no prize. No, you are. Jesus thinks you are. And he took hold of you. Paul sees Jesus as such a treasure and such a prize. He's saying, I'm willing to let go of the things that have meant the most to me in my life. Jesus, who has a hold on Paul, who is, holds him tightly. He doesn't squeeze the life out of, he squeezes life into us. He was willing to release his grasp, his hold on equality with God, his glory. That's how much he loves and prizes you. Think about that. Paul's saying this one who came and who has grasped me and holds me released his grasp and hold on glory to come and do it. That's how prized you are. That's what a treasure you are to the Lord. Nothing in existence can change that. Pastor Enoch Fuzz, a friend and mentor here in Nashville, when, when he tells you that he loves you, it, it usually this follows, and he'll say, I love you and there's nothing you can do about it which is beautiful. It makes you feel great. It's like, oh, I, I, you know, of course, I'm thinking, I bet there is. But I think he really means it. But the, here's the thing. Regardless if he does or not, Jesus does. His love is set on you. He has a grasp on you. He has a hold on you. And Paul says it changes everything. That's the already. We talk about that sometimes, don't we? The already and the not yet, kind of what we're moving toward. You know, the not yet is what Paul says here. He's just referred to the resurrection. Some people in Philippians, in Philippi, it seems like they might be struggling with the idea of what resurrection is or what perfection is and that it could be attained right now. And Paul's saying, no, no, no. No, that's off in the future. I, I long for it. I'm running for it. I want to live in a way that begins to look like that. But that's not happening until the end of all time, when Jesus makes us whole, body and spirit. Our spirit will be renewed, but we will then be brought back as the real humanity we were meant to be. And Paul's saying, that's, that's out there. And I want to live now with this intention in that not yet, as I'm waiting for that, right here and now. I want to live as though that's true. I want to become more like Jesus. This one who has a hold of me, I want to begin to look like him. Paul, in verse 9 in the previous passage that you guys looked at last week, he said, there is no human effort, none, that could ever obtain the righteousness of God 
It's a gift from him. It's yours. So this perfection he's talking about, he's not saying this is a way for me to earn God's love. No, I've already got God's love. He's got a hold on me. And I can't do anything about that. But I want to begin living now as this righteousness that's been given to me. I want to begin pursuing and pressing on as he talks about. And that's a vigorous uh, press on, that word. I'm vigorously pursuing. I'm going after this with all I've got. That's what Paul's saying he's doing. He's now found something that's worth it. I want to take hold of the stuff that looks like my Savior who took hold of me. I want to run and take hold of Jesus and begin looking more like Jesus. I want to hold fast to him the way he holds fast to me. That's where Paul is taking us. I'm in the family. I want to start looking like the family. That's what Paul is calling himself to, saying that he desires, but he's also calling us to this kind of life. 1 Corinthians 2.9, this, this prize, this place that we're headed, this person we're headed to. Paul says, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for us, for those who love him. He's saying it's going to be, I, I, we can't even imagine how great it's going to be. That's the prize I'm shooting for. And I want to live this life as if it matters. I want to live not just for comfort, not for control. I want to live doing what Jesus has called me to, whatever that is. But for all of us, every single Christian, it is absolutely the same. All of us are called to be satisfied in Jesus and then long to look like him. Satisfied in who we are, the already, and begin to look like him in this not yet time, becoming more and more like Jesus. And Paul here in verse 13 he says, I'm pressing forward and I'm not going to bug out about the past. I'm not, go, I'm not going to allow my past to, to interfere with the way that I'm walking today. Now, he clearly remembers his past because he talks about it. But he's saying, I'm not, I'm not in, the, in the habit of remembering my past that's going to derail me. It's no longer my definition. It's no longer my identity can imagine for, for Paul that he's saying, I, I, I don't look at my past resume. It's worthless. It's human excrement. And it's a pile of it. A lot of it. He, he doesn't look at his past shame and you know he had to have it, right? Don't you think that he remembers the faces and the people that he killed and took to trial? Don't you know that he remembers Stephen crying out, Lord, forgive them? He remembers that, but he's saying, that past, that does not define who I am today. It's not going to stop me. That shame is not going to be my story because Jesus has hold of me. I have a new story. Paul looks at his always present reality and says, I want to live as if it matters, and I want to live right now as if Jesus has hold of me. Midtown, all souls, this is what we're called to. Verse 15, Paul says, those who are mature. So there are some that you should be seeing right now. Yeah, this is the call for me. <laughs> yep, I'm called to live like this. This is what God wants. 
doing it through a gospel lens. We, we get it. We're not working for our salvation. Those who are mature think this way. And any of you that are kind of growing up in the Lord, you a little off track. You've forgotten the gospel. doesn't make sense to you anymore. You actually are checking boxes, hoping God will love you. He's going to reveal that to you. I pray he's revealing it to you right now so that we would be people who began to see this in a mature way. Those who are mature in the way that we understand the gospel, he's saying, come on. Don't think otherwise. And by the way, we have a faithful Lord who has hold of you, and he's going to reveal it to you if if you're off track. You can trust him. You can trust to walk with him. This is the proper value system. This is the proper way to see things. This is the life that's worth living. It's worth your time. It's worth your money. It's worth your talent to invest all of that, if God calls you to, for the Lord. Because he loves you passionately. The only way to see Jesus as the prize, I'm convinced of this, the only way to see Jesus as beautiful as a prize, as a treasure, is if you actually believe he sees you that way. The second that penny drops, it it really changes everything, does it not? Have you experienced that? Perhaps you're like me, it's a little bit of a roller coaster, it's sometimes moment by moment, I kind of go in and out of that, but those moments where you realize the massive love Jesus has for you, It changes everything. For some of us, the reason we don't run this race recklessly the way Paul's saying he's going to, and and recklessly, not like just all over the place, but just straightforward. He's going to go after it. Some of the reasons that we don't is that we don't see that Jesus has done that for us. Why in the world would would we abandon things and lose hold and grasp and on things that are drawing us away from the love of Christ. Why would we do that when we don't really see that he's done that for us and he recklessly just barged into this world, became one of us to save us? We need a new love song, and I think the who, (laughs) yeah, the who. I think bargain is one of the best. We could put it in our hymn books and just throw a couple Jesuses in there, and we'd be like... that's a, that's a gospel song. I mean, we need to see that this is what God, this is what Jesus has done for us. This is the love song. I'd gladly lose me to find you. I'd gladly give up all I had to find you. I'd suffer anything and be glad. I'd pay any price to get you. I'd work all my life and I will. To win you, I'd stand naked, stoned, and stabbed. And who wants a lover like that? You have one. He'd call it a bargain, the best he's ever had. I'd gladly lose me to find you. I'd gladly give up all I got to catch you. I'm going to run. I'm going to pursue the way Paul's talked about here. I'm going to run and never stop. I'd pay any price just to win you. Surrender my good life for bad. To find you, I'm going to drown an unsung man. And I'd call it a bargain, the best I ever had. That's what Jesus has done for you. He he sees you and and he says, I'm coming to get you and I am going to hold on to you. You can never get away from me because this is what I'm going to do for you. Our security is in his grip on us, his hold on us, not our grip on him. My goodness, if it depends on my grip, I'd be in and out flopping around. 
No, it depends on Jesus' grip, and he is faithful. The resurrection from the dead is our future, but Paul's saying, let's start living as if that's where we're headed. Let's start learning to look like the kingdom while we're headed for the great kingdom. We're not perfect yet, but one day we will be. We have not arrived yet, but one one day we will. But let's live right now. Midtown East and, and all souls, right where God has put us, let's live right now as if it matters how we live, longing for that glorious day, living for our families and for one another, alongside one another right here, brothers and sisters, living for your neighbors, living for our city. What, what would happen in Nashville, Tennessee if Christians just really kind of understood how Jesus has a hold on us and it became beautiful to us? Do you think our, our city would be different if that reality of what is already true sank in? I believe it would. And I wanna do that alongside you and your pastor Let me pray for us that God would do that work in our hearts. Oh, Father, would you, even right now, by the power of your spirit, move in and amongst us, and would you let us see how beautiful Jesus is and that he's a prize and how massive his love is that he sees us as a prize. We're his treasure Oh, Lord, let our shame fall away. Let our other loves fall away. Don't let us build our lives on things, good or bad, uh, but good things that were never meant to withstand that kind of pressure. Let us turn to the Lord, reorient our lives in ways that we're building on you as you have hold on us. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.